You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron live with Ethan Haristadulu. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to more of the Greek's Gridiron. I am Ethan Hristadoulou, and today on this June 28th, 2022, I'm coming at you guys with another edition of Read and React, where we break down some of the more prevalent news stories around the football world. And we have two today that we're discussing pertaining more to the NFL than anything else. So make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. And if you did not already know, if you've been following along the last day or so, I announced in yesterday's video that I am. I'm going to be doing a 500 sub giveaway, giving away a t-shirt, or not a t-shirt, a handful of t-shirts rather, to some of you subscribers out there. Uh, It's brand named with the Greek's Gridiron. If you've seen me wear it before, you know what it looks like. Um, I'm on the fence on potentially making a new set and maybe keeping the ones that I have as kind of like exclusive. I don't know. We'll see. It's either going to be exactly the one that I have, or maybe I kind of, I, I play around the design a little bit. I order some new ones. We'll see. I haven't decided quite yet, but we'll see what I plan on doing. Uh, but besides that, let's dive right into it. Again, like I said, we got two new stories. And if you've seen the title, you know why you're here. We have the discussion point of some choice words that Martellus Bennett, former Patriots tight end, had about former Patriots quarterback, now 49ers Patriots quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. And funny enough, this clip is resurfacing right now because of it being brought up to Julian Edelman on the I Am Athlete podcast. If you haven't seen the context of the entire video, Julian Edelman did an interview there. It's a really good, really good episode. I highly recommend you check it out. I was able to listen through the whole thing the other day. I definitely recommend you sit down and listen to it. But this is actually a clip that comes all the way back from October when this happened. And it kind of flew under the radar, and I'm not really sure why. And funny enough, I actually didn't even know that this had happened. And and when I was trying to go digging for the audio clip itself just so I could get it for the show, because we're going to listen to it here in a second, I was surprised to find out that this was something that was said back in October, and it was not really talked about more than it is being talked about right now because of Julian Edelman basically kind of confirming what Martellus Bennett said. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to run the clip for you guys right now. Here's a listen. This is Martellus Bennett on the double coverage podcast with the McCordy brothers. They would do their own podcast as well. And there's, you can find the video of this as well. It's like a minute long clip or so, but here, let's have a listen and hear what Martellus Bennett has to say about Jimmy Garoppolo. Bro, we lost two games. One of them was cause Jimmy Garoppolo was being a bitch and then and try to quit, he quit before us on the last, decided not to play right before the game. So we went out there, Jacoby, Jacoby came out and played with a up thumb and gave his played his heart out but jimmy was just being a bitch about it all and he's still being like that's why he you can't win with a bitch for a quarterback first of all so like that was the whole thing with him he didn't want to come out and like do anything because his agent was trying to protect his body or some like that which i can't fault him for that but like you should have made that decision on thursday now sunday you know what i'm saying so anyway so he's not going out there so jacoby strap up and we lost to the buffalo bills which we shouldn't have lost it was just you know the last minute try to make adjustments for what jacoby could do so yeah, so <laughs> some obvious choice words from Martellus Bennett there. I bleeped out some of the things and I cleaned up the clip a little bit here, but I wanted to make sure the context of what he was trying to actually say got across there. I think it's pretty clear Martellus Bennett is not the biggest fan of Jimmy Garoppolo. And I, that is one of the more off-the-wall like commentaries I've heard one player speak about another player. And again, this is something that it's funny that it's it's being run as as big of a story now 
as opposed to when it was first released back in October. Like, this is not new. I, I, when I was doing the digging to find this clip, and when I initially started looking after hearing about it, I, I, I kept finding this video from October, this video from October, and I was like, there's no way that this is the right thing. And then I finally decided to click on it, my stubborn me, and I was like, oh my God, this is the clip. Like, how did something like this not get brought up? And, you know, this isn't the first time that Jimmy Garoppolo's toughness has been called into question. And it, it, the reason it's such a big deal now is because, like I mentioned earlier, Julian Edelman now had this brought up to him and he had a reaction based off of what Martellus Bennett had to say. I also have the audio for that as well. So we'll go ahead. We'll take a listen again. This is Edelman on the I Am Athlete podcast. Uh, he essentially reads through what was said. They don't play it for him live on the show. He reads through it off of a piece of paper, and then from there he gives his reaction. So and this is what it is. Week three, like the first quarter against the Buffalo Bills or the Jets, and he hurts his non-throwing shoulder, his left shoulder, and uh, Jacoby came in, led us to a win. And the next week, but in the game, Jacoby. Was that, was that a big deal, like the, the known throwing shoulder? I mean, I don't know. We we're all football players here. All football players. But Jacoby broke it. He, he tore his ligaments in the thumb in the, the, the win against the, the week three team. And so we go into week four, and, you know, I guess, you know, Jimmy was practicing and then, you know, decided not to play. And, and Jacoby played with, you know, no ligaments in the thumb, which you can't do that as a quarterback. Yeah. You can't. You grip, and if it's your left, and a lot of a lot of guys got mad about it. A lot of guys got mad. I'm not gonna lie, I got mad about it. You know, I sacrificed my body all damn long, all day long. I was taking shots for this, numbing up that ribs, broken ribs, shoulders. You know, grade three, hanging on by limbs, just to play. You know, and you know, I, I can understand why Marty thinks like that. So obviously Julian Edelman there, not quite as colorful with his language when talking about the whole scenario, but there is clear, uh, clear evidence here that there was a discontentment amongst the Patriots players with just how Jimmy Garoppolo was handling that whole injury situation. It's obviously noted it was his non-throwing shoulder left side. And, you know, it, it adds another wrinkle to the whole mystery that was like the Patriots moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo and trading him away for only a second round pick. You have to wonder if a situation like that maybe in some in some shape or form, like kind of set some like that whole entire trade in motion to some extent. I'm not saying it's the only deciding factor, but you know, having something like that where, you know, a, a player that is legitimately hurt and can't actually grip the football and is a quarterback and is being tasked with throwing the football while you have another quarterback who's supposed to be your heir apparent to Tom Brady at the time not willing to play because of his opposite throwing shoulder. It definitely brings up a lot of questions here. I'm not going to sit here and pass judgment on Jimmy Garoppolo because, you know, at the end of the day, we don't know how much pain he was in, what the issue was and all of that. So I'm not going to sit here and dive into all that nonsense. I'm not going to sit here and call out Jimmy Garoppolo and call him names or everything. Cause who am I to say anything like that? But What's interesting to me about this whole scenario really is just like the wrinkles it adds to, you know, the head scratching that like was initially when Jimmy Garoppolo got traded away when a lot of people thought that, you know, Bill Belichick really liked this guy and he wanted him to be the heir apparent to Tom Brady. And, you know, the, a lot of the questions that were just going on and, and things, it, it's very interesting 
to hear stuff like this start to come out now where like questions have also surfaced from, you know, leaks and things like that from the 49er side of things now where the same kind of issue is, is kind of, you know, rearing its ugly head again. And now, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo rehabbing an injury now is kind of just, he's a lame duck waiting to get better so he can be moved to another team as well. The 49ers obviously want to move him, but nobody is willing to touch him until he, you know, his, his shoulder has completely healed and he's able to throw football again effectively like you know prior to his injury it's it's a lot to take in and it it raises a lot of questions here and you know while it is a colorful and fun story to to sit here and talk about and to laugh about and hear some of the reactions from these players and everything it really does kind of peel a layer of the onion back into the whole mystery that was like the end of Garoppolo's time in New England and also shine some light on similar issues that are again popping up once more here in San Francisco as Jimmy Garoppolo gets set to move again. I'm still looking forward to seeing where he goes. There's obviously a couple of quarterback needy teams out there. Seattle Seahawks, the Panthers, you know, just to name a couple of teams that need a QB here. I would say that you know, the Giants are definitely someone who also needs a quarterback as well. While I know they're com- they're saying they're committed to uh, Daniel Jones, it, could they potentially be like a dark horse to maybe try to make a move and go after someone like Jimmy G? And Because if they think, you know, they have a really good roster and they just need an answer at the quarterback, Jimmy could be the guy. Uh, I don't know if we've seen the best football or not from Jimmy Garoppolo. I will go out and say this. I don't, I'm not the biggest buyer of Jimmy Garoppolo. I will say that Um, there's definitely some flaws to his game that I've seen just throughout the years watching him, especially as somebody who lives in New England. I've got to watch Jimmy G a little bit closer than other people have. So, you know, do I think he's an upgrade for some teams? Certainly. Absolutely. When you have Sam Darnold as your cornerback in Carolina and you're deciding between Drew Locke and Geno Smith in Seattle, I think those teams are very much in the running and in consideration for potentially landing Jimmy G. And you obviously have like the Baker Mayfield thing going on. So, you know, that's still muddy waters. And I'm sure Jimmy Garoppolo's availability becomes a bargaining chip for that as well. There's a lot to look at here, but it's interesting to see something like this come up here where, you you know, someone said something about it, like came out and publicly said something about it that was a former teammate of his months ago, and now it's being, you know, doubled down on and being re- like reaffirmed that, you know, it, yeah, it kind of was the case. And there sounds like there's other players that were unhappy with the situation as well. A lot of craziness, I will say. But that's all I have to say about that. I just, I absolutely wild story, interesting stuff. I, I, we'll have to see what comes of it. I, I don't, I'm curious if Jimmy Garoppolo says anything about it or if anyone within his camp or anything comes out from Jimmy's side on all that. I, I kind of doubt it, but my goodness, I, did did I ever expect to hear players just outright calling other players bitches? Uh, no, not, not in the slightest, not in the slightest. The second story we're running with here was big news. Pretty much of a bombshell dropped over on the Houston Texans. They are going to be sued, or they're being sued, rather, I guess I should say, for allegedly enabling Deshaun Watson's behavior. So the woman filing the lawsuit says, I have a bunch of bullet points here for you guys. Watson reached out to her on Instagram to arrange a massage back in November of 2020. She also claims that the Texans learned about Watson's history of soliciting massages from women on the social media platform as early as June of that year. Then it goes on, the owner of Houston of a Houston massage studio, excuse me, complained to the Texans that Watson was seeking out unqualified strangers. So 
right there some pretty damning accusations that, that you know the Texans were well aware well aware of what was going on. You know the, there was the report that came out a while back about you know the sixty six different masseuses that he worked with through, over the course of like a year and a half or whatever it may be. So a lot of questions being raised there just about how much the Texans actually knew what was going on in. What's bizarre is a lot of people initially looked at this as it was the Texans. One of the arguments I would see on on Twitter or wherever it may be often enough was, you know, this is the Texans trying to set up Watson because they want, you know, he wants to get out of there and they're trying to ruin his career. Well, hypothetically speaking, if that was the case, like my goodness, did that backfire because now the Texans are being sued. And, you know, it goes on to talk, you know, uh, Tony Busby, the attorney that's representing this woman and also the other women who are who have been doing the, the civil lawsuits with Deshaun Watson, uh, wrote in a tweet on Monday that this is the first lawsuit in what he thinks will likely be many going geared towards the Texans now. So with what kind of feels like we're drawing somewhat towards the end of the Watson situation, at least in terms of like how the NFL is going to handle it and everything, you know, he has his, he has his hearing today, whether or not we get an actual ruling on a suspension today is kind of up in the air. It does not sound like that's going to be the case. Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee show yesterday did not sound very confident that we'd be getting a decision today. And it sounds more like it's going to be closer to training camp, but we will know between now and then. So at some point in the next couple of weeks, we will have an answer, but maybe not in the next day or two, but it sounds like at least in terms of like the NFL's handling, we're kind of getting to somewhat of a, sol- not a solution, but like, I guess like grounding on a suspension here or what's going to happen for Watson. Uh, the Texans, apparently their head of security was providing Watson with a non-disclosure agreement to use to protect himself, quote unquote, from the woman. And also the lawsuit continues on to state that the Watson was using that NDA when he solicited more massages from other women as well, that it wasn't just a one-off thing either. It was an NDA that he was essentially bringing to multiple masseuses at a time, having them sign them and threatening, you know, to withhold pay or whatever it may be from them for, you know, it, it just, it, the circus of what this has become, it, you know, I thought circuses died in the 90s, and here we are, the Texans organization, being the train wreck that it has been, and I'm a Colts fan, and I'm sorry, Texans fans, but, you know, I feel for you guys, I really do, but the organization itself, this is not aimed at fans and the players, but the organization itself is like, is it's a clown show. It's crazy that the Jacksonville Jaguars were painting their faces as clowns last year when like the Texans should also probably be doing the same thing towards their ownership and team as well, because there is just so much nonsense going on over there. And for all this to be coming out, you know, obviously we don't know whether it's a hundred percent true or not. And, you know, I'm sure there's going to have to be an investigation into all of this now as well. And so we'll be hearing about this for a while, but like, my goodness, is it a lot to take in? And it just, it, it never ends with what's going on with this. I, obviously, I hope, you know, the truth comes out. I hope, you know, we come to a, a, you know, to figure out what exactly went on with all this, because this is a lot to take in here. And, you know, if you're the Texans, and like I was saying, hypothetically speaking, like some people on the internet wanted to claim if the Texans were really trying to oust Watson here because he wanted to leave, like, God damn, did it backfire? And in reality, I don't really think that was the case. 
and it's pretty insane to me that it turned it like this is turning on the Texans as well. You know, like kind of the Texans felt like, all right, good. We washed our hands with Deshaun Watson. And no, the, the situation is still alive and well for Houston. And it's it's incredible. This whole situation is just unbelievable to watch unfold. It's insanity. It really is. Uh, Watson, like I had mentioned earlier, is set to appear today in front of uh, the NFL and NFLPA jointly. Oh, in front of the NFL and NFLPA's jointly appointed disciplinary officer, Sue Robinson. Uh, the hearing may go on for two days. It's scheduled for today. It could potentially overlap in tomorrow, into tomorrow. So like I said, Ian Rapport didn't sound too positive on getting a ruling today. Maybe tomorrow, but probably likely in the next like week or so. The NFL came out and and it's it's been leaked now and it's very it's very apparent that they are recommending a minimum one year suspension on top of an indefinite suspension as well. So they want the indefinite suspension because they want to be able to essentially secure themselves the opportunity to prolong it if more starts to come out as you know time goes on if if more people come forward or you know any evidence i think the ray rice thing has been talked about a lot because this whole situation the nfl got really burned with that whole situation so i think at this point now it's it's okay the nfl wants to protect themselves so they're looking for an indefinite suspension with a minimum of one year at least and that's going to be the recommendation that they're giving to sue robinson here We'll have to see what she ends up going with. From what I've gathered, from everything that I've listened to, from what I've read, it sounds like what Sue Robinson offers up is it's a recommendation and it's something that Roger Goodell can kind of choose to go off of and and, and, and go from there. Regardless, if it's not a year, the NFL is going to appeal it and they're going to try to you know set up for a longer one. If Deshaun, I'm assuming Deshaun Watson and his team are going to try to argue you know Ben Roethlisberger and everything with that and, and argue for a much shorter suspension, it's, it's going to be an appeal either way. I'm assuming I don't expect that either side is going to be happy with whatever the end result is here. Someone's going to want more or less than the other, regardless of whatever it ends up being. If I was to give my honest opinion on what I think is going to happen here, and I've had this conversation a couple of times now with some people at the radio station I work at, with friends that also follow the NFL, uh, and just other people that I talk to about football in general, I've I've heard six weeks, I've heard four weeks, I've heard a year, the indefinite suspension is a pretty wild one. I'm thinking, the year makes sense to me, and... The reason being, obviously, because there is, again, I've always lived by the, the, the saying of, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I think Deshaun Watson is guilty. I'm also not going to sit here and say that I know he's not. But awful lot going on for there to have not been something going on. You know what I'm saying? And... The NFL, when I look at sports organizations all over the world, I'm not just talking the United States and North America. I'm talking all over the world. There is no sport organization that cares more about their reputation than the NFL at this stage of the game. You can argue, you know, they, they let murderers back into the league back in the day and, you know, the Ben Roethlisberger thing and Michael Vick and, you know, whatever it is instance wise that you want to bring up. In today's day and age, the court of public opinion has never been stronger, and it's clear that the NFL is trying to do a lot of damage control from past mistakes 
and trying to set examples and 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 make statements as to you know we will not ex- tolerate or accept behavior that is going to compromise the integrity of our sport of our brand and everything like that so a year makes sense to me because it, it would with everything that has gone on, and you can argue he sat last year, that was pretty much an agreement between him and the Texans because he didn't want to play for the Texans. He still made a butt ton of money, and that was not a suspension. That was a paid vacation for him, essentially. The year makes sense. The year makes sense to me. I don't think it's going to be too short because if it is, that's going to be problematic. Do I think he's going to be suspended indefinitely and never come back? Probably not, because there's dollar signs to be made off of Deshaun Watson if he can come back and play well. You know, I'm I'm trying to look at this as like objectively and realistically as possible. So the year makes sense to me. Maybe it ends up being like half a season at at the shortest, like eight games is like minimum. And even then, I don't really think people would find that acceptable. I think that the year makes sense in terms of just satisfying people and see, and seeing him, you know, have to really it, it feel the con- like, you know, feel the consequence from this whole thing and it, it, the year just it, it makes a lot of sense to me. I guess is I don't really know what, what else I can say about that. The year is probably what ends up being the result that we end up getting to. The indefinite suspension, I don't know. The one-year suspension, though, at minimum, I could see that happening. I would be shocked if it's anything less than that. And it really seems like that's the direction we're heading towards. The NFL's pushing for it. Uh, You know, they have the arbitrator that's there to kind of, you know, give them, you know, their recommendation, whatever it may be. But I definitely don't see the NFL really settling for anything less than that because they want to make a statement here. And to couple that with the fact that, and this is more of the business side of things. And the way I see it, when Deshaun Watson got his fully guaranteed deal, there were 31 owners not pleased about that. And there's been articles written about this. Do some Googling and you'll understand where like, where this is coming from when I'm talking about this all. It feels almost like on top of them wanting to, you know, punish Deshaun Watson because of everything that's been going on with the allegations, everything. It almost feels like this might be a punishment towards the Browns as well for kind of breaking an unwritten rule in giving Deshaun Watson a fully boatloaded guaranteed contract, having not played for a year, having all of this going on and kind of breaking a silent code within NFL ownership and in giving a fully guaranteed deal of this sorts with this amount of money involved. And again, do some Googling, read in on that. That's not my opinion. That's just stuff that I've kind of gathered and it does business-wise make a lot of sense. At the end of the day, you know, these owners are in the business of trying to make money and you look at, you know, Kyler Murray's contract situation, Lamar Jackson's contract situation and future quarterbacks the market kind of got a massive reset and flip with Deshaun Watson signing his deal. And maybe I'm diving a lot into the business side of things, but I'm, you know, that it is something that's kind of piquing my interest and something that I'm, I'm really going to be keeping an eye on and reading more into as time goes on. And, you know, as everything starts to come out and, and continue to unfold, but that's all my thoughts on that situation. We're in this, what about 23 minutes now of me talking to Sean Watson and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo being called a bitch. Uh, it's been a wild, a wild day to say the least. Again, Deshaun Watson's hearing is today. 
Uh, curious to see if anyone from Garoppolo's camp responds to anything that's been said the last couple of days. I doubt it, but it'll be interesting to see if anything comes out of it or if anyone maybe comes to his defense. That would be something to see. But that is it for me. I appreciate you all for watching. Thank you all for hanging out. I will see you guys in the next video. Have a good one.